I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace. This is the words of Jesus. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. This is our third week uh, talking about the peace of God. And I want to talk today about a different peace. A different peace. Father, I thank you for your word. Jesus, I'm so grateful that you said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you illuminate the word to us, that you place us in the body, that you empower, convict, comfort. Speak to us. I pray now, Lord, as we go to your word, that our hearts would be open, our ears would be open. I pray against every distraction that would try to steal the word from us. And I thank you that this word will produce in us 30, 60, and even 100-fold. In Jesus' name, and everyone with faith said amen, and amen, and amen. Well, we find ourselves in John 14. It is Holy Thursday. Uh, This is the night before the crucifixion. Uh, When you think of the Last Supper, maybe you think of that famous painting. The Last Supper is documented from John 13 through John 17. This is Thursday evening, and Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. He's having a final dinner with his disciples before he would ultimately die on the cross, pay the penalty for our sin. He would be buried for three days, and on the third day, he would rise from the grave. So it is now Thursday night, and he is speaking with his disciples, and the disciples are afraid. That fear is expressed in different ways. It's expressed in pure denial. They just did not think it was going to happen. That fear was expressed in violence when Peter tried to cut that guy's head off. It was expressed in accusations. Who's going to deny him? I won't deny him. He'll deny him. But the disciples are afraid. And here we are. Over 2,000 years later, afraid. And in desperate need of peace. They were afraid and just like them we can find ourselves afraid. The story of fear is truly as old as humanity. And this has been a new level, 2020, a new level of fear. There's economic fears, there's health fears, there's political fears, there's social fears. And the list goes on and on and on. If you'll, if you'll just kind of read past the post and you'll just see what people are writing. Usually it's just coming from a place of deep concern and fear, uncertainty, unanswered questions. God, what is next? These are the questions we were asking, but they were the questions the disciples were asking. These are the emotions we're feeling, but those were the emotions the disciples were feeling. So on the night before his death, Jesus begins to teach his disciples. There's a few main themes that he goes through, like servanthood, like their new relationship with the Holy Spirit, like praying in Jesus' name on how to handle persecution. And another main thing that Jesus talks about is 
our great need for peace. All things we desperately need today. Somebody give me an amen right there. So Jesus is offering the disciples peace and he's offering us peace. But then he warns them there would be two kinds of peace. There would be two expressions of peace. He says, there is my peace, God's peace, what the Apostle Paul called perfect peace. And there is the world's peace. Jesus said, I'm giving you peace, not like the world gives. I'm offering you peace, not like the world offers. I, I have an invitation into a different peace. And today we have two options, God's peace or the world's peace. And I want to help you to receive God's peace today. I want to tell you if you've been tracking with us the last two weeks or if you haven't, I've been very practical the last two weeks. Today's not going to be nearly as practical. It's going to be more spiritual. So if I'm preaching today and you're going, yeah, but what about or what about or what about? I probably hit that in the last two weeks. But today I don't want to just give you more practical information I want to really show you in the realm of the spirit how to receive the peace of God, okay? So if you didn't watch the last two weeks, get back to that, but let me, let me move forward now. I, I built a foundation, now let me go for it because I believe that we are going to, we are going to defeat anxiety and fear and unrest in Jesus' name. Come on, I'm ready to walk in the perfect peace of God. Anybody else? I feel it. I... Number one, number one, peace is a gift. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes. Note takers go to heaven. Amen. <laughs> a short pencil is better than a long memory. Okay, you got to take, take some notes here. Oh, y'all like, that was impressive. I've been dropping knowledge about the Last Supper crickets, and then I say pencil, and it's like, my God, what an anointing. Okay, I'll take whatever I can get. Peace is a gift. Y'all crazy this morning. Peace is a gift. Peace is a gift from God and only available in its fullness in the kingdom of God. Okay. Peace is not achieved. Peace is received. Now, again, I'm not saying we shouldn't do practical things that will help protect our peace. I've talked a lot about that. I'm moving forward now. You have to know that as part of your spiritual birthright, you get to walk in the peace of God offered to you by Jesus through the cross of Jesus. Everything in the kingdom of God, everything in our Christian life is a gift to be received. We don't earn anything in the kingdom we don't achieve anything in the kingdom. We receive all things in the kingdom. Peace is a gift from God to his children. Remember that when the angel showed up in the book of Luke as they were beginning to declare that Jesus was coming in that great Christmas story, they said he is about to arrive and here's what he's gonna bring, peace on earth. That first declaration was a declaration of peace. Not grace, not mercy, not faith, not hope, not love, but peace. Peace is a spiritual 
gift from the Father to his children. Romans 14 tells us that peace is a manifestation of the kingdom of God. Galatians chapter 5 tells us peace is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Romans 5 says that we now have peace with God through the cross of Jesus. And now we can have the peace of God because of the cross of Jesus. Okay, I'm going to give you a big statement that I want, you to, I want you to try to wrap your head around this. I want you to try to write this one down if you can, even if you're not a note taker. Maybe this one is important. We know the presence of God by peace. And we know the presence of the devil by fear. I'm going to say it again. We know the presence of God by peace. This is how you know you're in the presence of the Lord. And we know the presence of the devil by fear and anxiety. You have to be able to feel that because the moment you feel that fear, the moment you feel that anxiety, you have to be able to go, wait a minute, Jesus did not come to bring fear on the earth, peace on the earth. He didn't come to bring anxiety on the earth. He came to bring peace on the earth. I don't have fear with God. I have peace with God. You got you to feel this. Fear is not one of the manifestations of the kingdom of God. No, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost is the kingdom of God. No, fear is not one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self, gentleness, self-control. There's nine of them in there. That Wait, fear isn't of God. So I know the presence of God by peace, and I know the presence of the devil by fear and anxiety. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Look at your neighbor say, I am not your problem. (laughs) But against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, therefore put on the full armor of God. The apostle Paul says, you are in a fight, but you're not in a fight with people. You are in a fight with a spirit. The enemy, John 10, 10, wants to steal kill and destroy and he has demons rulers principalities and powers that are trying to bring that into your life trying to bring death into your life trying to steal from your life trying to destroy from your life wow jay why are you talking about the devil i don't talk about the devil probably enough because you have to realize that the enemy does not want to be your friend He wants to destroy your life. You have to to see the enemy as an enemy. It is a spiritual battle. But Jesus went on to say, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So, So it's either death or life. It's either peace or fear. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. Though we live in the world... We don't wage war as the world does. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish every argument, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I don't know if you just caught what happened, but... But the Apostle Paul just said that there's these strongholds that can rise, thoughts that rise up against the knowledge of God. And we must 
tear those down. How do I tear them down? Because I recognize, wait, this is fear. This is not God. This is, this is of the devil. I tear it down in the name of Jesus. Wow, this is anxiety. This is not from God. I'm going to tear it down in the name of Jesus. So Paul is giving us a, a, a little peek into the spiritual realm. And some of you are going, man, this is getting too spiritual for me. I like the practical stuff last week about not being on Facebook so much. Okay. I'm taking you deeper now because you, cause, cause there are times that you'll know in the spirit, something is wrong in your house, in your life, in your remote. And, and you can't just, I just need to go on a walk. You got to recognize this by the word. Isaiah 61 verse three says there is a spirit of heaviness. Maybe you wouldn't call it heaviness. Maybe you just call it, man, I just feel off today. I just feel, we just feel off. You got to fight that thing. Okay, now, now, let me show it to you, I think, in a real practical way in Luke 22. Luke 22, verse 31, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you, separate you, remove you, isolate you like wheat. But I've pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. Here's what I want you to get. Simon, who is Simon Peter, Peter, was definitely dealing with natural, justifiable anxiety. He's about, Jesus is about to die. Peter is losing his rabbi. He's losing his mentor. He's losing his Lord. He is scared. He's worried. Are they going to kill me too? What do I, there was plenty of natural reasons to be anxious. But Jesus says, it's more than just something in the natural, Pete. Satan has asked us if you like wheat. You're not just in a natural battle, Peter. You're in a spiritual battle. You're not just facing things naturally because there's a pandemic or because there's a recession or because I might lose my job or because I, I don't know how to do this with my kids right now with school. And those are all natural things that are very serious. But on top of the natural anxiety that Peter was experiencing, Jesus says, and there's also the enemy of your soul that is also trying to sift you, trying to separate you, remove you and isolate you. That's what that word sift means. So you have to be able to recognize, okay, not only are there some natural pressures that I'm feeling, but this is where the devil wants to get in. He wants to get in when there's already kind of natural reasons to be anxious, to have some fear, to have some concern, and then the enemy tries to get in. So you have to be able to recognize that whenever I'm dealing with things, not only is it a natural issue maybe, but there's also a spiritual side to it. And you have to be able to recognize that. And then by the power of the word, as I just showed you, we then tear it down. We begin to pray. We ask God that our faith would not fail. And we lean into God's presence. We text that friend. We call that friend. We say, pray for me right now. I need covering right now. Can we talk right now? And you don't just kind of try to be tough and get through it. Jesus did not tell Simon, Satan is trying to sift you like wheat. You better deal with it, bro. Come on, somebody. What did he say? He said, but I'm praying for you. Come on. You need a prayer partner. 
whether that's a buddy, whether that's a girlfriend, whether that's your, uh, your spouse, whatever it is, you, you have to have people that you can talk to and that can pray for you. Man, I feel like I'm in a spiritual fight right now. Pray for me that my faith would not fail. And I promise you, the moment that prayer is offered, you will feel. You will feel. I said you will feel a shifting in the spirit. And you will know that a breakthrough is happening. Come on. Clap your hands. Say amen to this preacher right now. So no, we're not Christians that believe there's a demon under every rock. But we also recognize. That we do not battle against flesh and blood. And therefore, we take the peace of God seriously and we take the anxiety of the enemy seriously. Come on, I'm giving you you permission today to break that thing over your life that you don't have to live with it forever. We are a spiritual people. We are a part of the kingdom of God. We We are a peculiar people, a holy nation. We've been, we've been plucked out of this world, out of the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of his dear son. We have authority. What we were just singing is not good self-help. That is not a song that we got from Tony Robbins. Come on, somebody. Come on, I need an amen right there. We get that from the word of God, that we have the power of life and death in our tongue. And when we speak God's word, things got to change. Amen. And I love you, Tony Robbins, if you're watching. Number two. Number two. Real peace is from Jesus. Real peace is, look what he said, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. All right, so now we hit the tension of the text. God's peace versus the world's peace. God's way of peace versus the world's way of peace. God's plan for peace Versus the world's plan for peace. Okay, now when I say the world, I am not talking about planet Earth. And I'm not even talking about people. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 says, We have not received the spirit of the world. But we have received the Holy Spirit who is from God. There is a spirit, a culture, a system that is the world's spirit. You go, who controls that spirit? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 calls Satan the God, small g. Everyone say small g. Yeah, yeah. Calls Satan the God of this world. So the world, if you ever look at the world and you go, man, I feel like it's in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't, you crazy. (laughs) Because Satan is the God of this world. Goes on to say that he he blinds the eyes of the unbeliever. So when Jesus says, not like the world gives, there is a spirit of the world that is offering a counterfeit peace. It's a system, it's a spirit, it's a culture of the world dominated by Satan and it offers, it offers false love, false hope, false faith, false peace. You have to see this. I told you I was gonna 
I wasn't messing around this morning. Okay. And don't roll your eyes at this. Like, oh, it's just too spiritual, man. This is just too. You, you have to see this because deception gets in. Here's how, here's how you get deceived because you have one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. This, this side's too loud. Y'all are convicted over here. I got one foot. In other words, when, when I say that, it's like, yeah, I like Jesus on Sunday, but on Monday, and, and the deception is in the fact that I think I can have the Holy Spirit and the spirit of the world. And the reality is it just doesn't work that way. Okay, so 1 John chapter 2 now gives us even more definition into the spirit of the world. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18 says, basically here's what John's saying. You, y'all are looking for an antichrist, like some political key figure that's going to put 666 on her head or something. And, and that may happen. I don't, I don't know enough about that. But he goes, but don't miss, there are many antichrists in the world. I would call that a spirit of antichrist. There's a culture of antichrist. There's a system that is antichrist. So don't get caught up on who's the antichrist. The culture is antichrist. Okay, now, the church is not perfect, but let me just remind you, because there's a lot of criticism of Christians in the church, but let me just remind you, the most persecuted group of people on planet Earth are Christians. Okay, just, it just is the reality. Now, here's what that word anti means. It means, it can mean against, but it also means instead. There are many instead of Christ in the earth. I promise you, if there is an antichrist in the last days, if there is, if there's, if there's a seven-year thing and there's a dude, I promise you he's not going to be like, I hate Jesus. He's not. You know what he's going to do? He's going, oh, yeah, you can serve Jesus if you want to. Or you can do this. Or you can do this. Or you. He's going to give, he's going to give instead. That's what, that's... And that's what's going to deceive us. Because if he just came out and said, you cannot worship Jesus Christ, Christians would rise up. But he's going to go, no, you can be a Christian if you want, or you can be, or you can, or you can. And that's going to be what will deceive us. Because he's going to be, oh, it's just love, man. We just love, man. We just love, man. I don't know why I'm doing this. We just love, man. Is this so heavy? Are we okay? I have to expose it. Because you spiritually have to understand how to walk in the peace of God. And you have to see. Okay, so the, so, the, so the world is offering us. The spirit of the world. The God of this world is offering us. A peace that is instead of Christ. And it will lie to us. And it will promise us peace that we can find outside of Christ. But it will only lead us to more emptiness, more anxiety, and more fear. Let me just prove it with one reality. America is the most anxious nation in the world. We have more money, more technology, and more freedom than anyone on the planet. And we're the most anxious. Because we've settled for an American dream instead of... God's plan for our lives. 
and we are the most anxious nation in history since anxiety has been measured. One psychologist said the average minor today exhibits the same levels of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient did in the 1950s. I don't know if I believe that. Try to take that iPad away from your kid today and see what happens. <laughs> I don't even try with Goldie anymore. I'm like, Shannon, you gotta, you gotta, I'll be the prayer covering. Am I right about it? Why? Because we have more stuff, but no peace. I would submit to you, we have the world's peace. How do I get peace? More money. More stuff, bigger houses, faster cars, more followers, more influence, more freedom. That's the world's peace, man. And Jesus said, I am not offering you the world's peace. I'm offering you a better peace. The world's path to peace has proven over and over again that it is a dead end. So I'm not looking within. I'm not looking to material things. I'm not looking to social acceptance. All those things have a very short shelf life. We need something more, and I've got good news for every person in the room, I got good news for every person watching online. There is something more. There is someone more. His name is Jesus, and he offers us perfect peace from God, perfect peace with God. We can't get it from the world, and if the world can't give it to us, the world can't take it away. Oh, let's take a praise break right there. Come on. Money can't give it to me. Money can't take it away. Acceptance can't give it to me. It can't take it away. Stuff can't give it to me. Stuff can't take it away. God's peace is easy to get and hard to lose. The world's peace is hard to get and easy to lose. God's peace is eternal. The world's peace is temporary. God's peace is internal. The world's peace is circumstantial. Wow. John chapter 16, verse 33. I've said all this to you. He's wrapping up the Last Supper and he says, I've said all this to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Lastly, yield to peace. Let me have the keys come. Yield to peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Yield. Give the right away. When my wife and I moved to Summerlin, we had never really, I had never really driven around, um, I can't even know what they're called. Roundabouts. They're all over Summerlin. I was running people off the road. I was causing backups behind. I didn't know who to yield to. 
I had to learn. I had to finally figure out, oh, if I'm getting on the freeway and I'm getting on, then the cars are going to come to the left. Okay, to the left. I got to yield. Okay. I didn't know how to do it. Now I've lived in Summerlin two years. Now I'm like mad at people when I get in a roundabout. They don't know. Like, Y'all don't know how to drive around it. I'm like, that was me two years ago. Because if you yield to the wrong thing, you're going to be in danger and you're going to put people in danger. Jesus said, don't yield to fear. What does that mean? It means yield to peace. John 10, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd and he calls us sheep. Well, today we know that that term sheep is considered an insult, right? Oh, you're just a sheep. Thank you. Thank you. Here's the point. We're followers. There is something deep in our soul that finds safety and security in following, in yielding. The issue is what are you going to yield to? The issue is what will you follow? Because some of you actually find safety and security in yielding to fear because it makes you feel responsible. So who will you follow? Who will you yield to? Who will be the leader, peace or fear? I really do think a lot of people live in fear and anxiety. They, they see it as a badge of honor. It's not. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6. Who by worrying can add one day to his life? Yeah. That anxiety, that concern that is out of control, it's not helping anyone, it's not helping you, it's not helping anyone around you. Colossians chapter three, verse 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Okay, let it rule. This word rule means to umpire your heart or referee your heart. Peace makes the decision. See, there's a lot of decisions, John, that I can make every day from the word. I can go, what does the Bible say? Boom. There are some decisions though. I don't have a scripture for it because it's good and good. It's good and good. It's like, that's good and that's good. And I don't have a scripture. Let the peace of God make the call. I feel the anointing right now. Let the peace of God be the umpire. Let the peace of God go. Go with that one. I'm calling it. Do that. The peace of God makes the decision. So I make decisions by peace because peace is the sign of the presence of God. So you look at two good decisions and one you go, oh man, I feel anxious about that. That's the devil. Man, I feel, I feel good about that. I feel it's peace. I'm letting the peace of God decide. Peace is a part of the process. Peace is leading. I'm yielding to the umpire, to the referee. Because not everything is Black and white, not everything is a Bible, scripture. Some, a lot of it is, 
But some of it is like, I don't, do I take this job or that job? Do I live in this city or that city? Do I, do I buy or do I rent? Do I send my kids to private school? Do I homeschool? Do I put them in public school? What do I, peace, peace. What does that look like practically, preacher? It looks like Acts 15, 28. I promise you I'm done. Acts 15, 28. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. What a cool scripture. I mean, the apostles are wrestling with, you gotta think of this, all the apostles were Jewish. Up until then, everyone who was getting saved was Jewish. Now, Gentiles are getting saved. And they're going, do do they gotta be circumcised? Do they gotta follow the law? Do they need to worship on the holy days? And they're trying to decide all this stuff. So they pray and they fast. And here's what they come up with. They, they come up with a, with a set of commands for the Gentiles. And they didn't say, thus saith the Lord. And they didn't say, I got a clear word from God. And none of the apostles said, 3 a.m., the angel of the Lord woke me up. and told, They didn't get any of that. And that actually really gives me peace because I don't get a lot of those. Here's, after three days of praying and fasting, they look around and they go, seems good. I got a knowing in my knower. The peace of God is, is ruling in my heart and I feel like let's, let's not have them eat food that's been sacrificed to idols. Let's have them stay away from sexual. And they go through these four things that was just by the Holy Spirit. It was like they wrestled with the decision and then they went, it seems good to us. Seems good to the Holy Spirit. All right, let's do this. Okay, we're going to do this. Okay, we're going to make that. Okay, we're going to purchase that. Okay, we're going to make this move. Okay, we're going to... It's, it's not always the, a clear word from God. It's the peace of God ruling. And it makes things simpler. I'm always, you know, sometimes I get in meetings with people and, and I think they feel like they have to tell me they heard from God, you know? You know what I mean? They're like... Yeah, you know, we've been praying and uh, the Lord told us, and I'm like, okay, then we don't need to meet. <laughs> right? <laughs> you should put down 21, dog. Like, I'm out. Like, I. <laughs> there, you could have emailed me and told me that. Because <laughs> I ain't telling nobody they didn't hear from God. That's like, I don't mess with that. But if, but if you'll meet and go, you know, we've been feeling. We think, feels, oh man, what a great, it's like cool. We, we interviewed a, a, a person the other day for a staff position and I prayed about it for a week and I had to call the person and, and just go, I just don't have a clear yes. And if I don't have a clear yes, I'm gonna take that as a no right now. Not thus saith the Lord, not, I, didn't, I just said, I don't have a clear yes. It just doesn't feel good to me. And I got to go with that. And if that's not enough for you, I'm sorry. I, that's kind of a, I mean, it's kind of a terrible call, right? It's not like, man, you know what? The Holy Spirit made it very clear to me at 3 a.m. on Wednesday night that I wish I could. Instead, it's more like, man, I just don't. It's not a clear yes. But I'm letting peace rule umpire, referee my heart. 
not anxiety. So I got to go with the peace. God's peace. I'm, I'm declaring war in my soul over the world's peace. It's a liar. And I'm done chasing it. I want God's peace. It's internal. It's eternal. It is changing my external. It is not fragile. It is not temporary. It is not circumstantial. It's the thing you want. It's the thing your friends want. It's the thing you try to find in a drink. It's the thing you try to find in drugs. It's the thing you try to find in money. It's the thing you try to find in a vehicle. It's the thing you try to find in a house. It's it's all of it. How do you know, preacher? Because I've tried enough. Any other buddy have a testimony? Am I the only one? Amen. Don't leave me hanging now. I've tried enough. And it always runs out. Jesus said, I'm going to give you living water. And you will never thirst. Again, I want God's peace. So Jesus, we receive your peace. We are done chasing the world's peace. We need your perfect peace. We cancel every assignment of hell that is trying to steal our peace and our confidence and our joy. And we walk in the perfect fullness of the peace of God in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Just before we dismiss, Omar is going to come. He's going to give people an opportunity to receive Christ in the room and also online. I'd ask everyone stay right there online. Don't log off yet. If you're a believer watching, begin to pray right now and keep your faith connected to this moment. If you're in the room and you already know Jesus, why don't you just begin to pray in your heart right now that someone would say yes to Christ. Let's believe for the greatest miracle of all, peace with God.